2: Shall we? We shall. What up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast for TV and movies. I'm your host, the Summer Man. We got Big Cal here. What's poppin'? I'm I'm super low energy and I apologize for it. I can't help it. Listen, we have to trade off in these times. We, we've also been working. Like it's crazy. only fair that sometimes I do the intro. Facts. You You just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Respect you. Uh, coming to you with a special episode today. Um, a
3: lot of them are special, but this
2: is a really good one. Just special in circumstance, right? Yeah. Like live podcast taping.
3: Yeah. Shouts out Universal for, for hooking it up for the boys.
2: So instead of just having a uh, guest in the studio this week, Cal and I hosted, I guess, MC'd. I think host is fair. Hosted a screening of uh, The Invisible Man. Out this weekend. Out in theaters this Friday. And then after we did a QA, which will serve as this episode's interview with uh Aldous Hodge and Storm Reed. So we'll have that coming up in just a short time.
3: Yeah, we, we, we got we got the black folks on the podcast.
2: Black. Black on black.
3: No. Um no, it was cool it, it was an interesting film. It's one of those films where I don't know if people saw the trailer, but everybody's like, Yo, this movie looks dope just off the trailer
2: alone. Yeah. You don't normally get that. Good February release. It's got good, you know, winter thriller energy. Yes, it's almost what
3: I thought The Turning would have been. Oh, my but God. But The Turning... and The Turning? The Turning shit the bed at the very end, and I, I don't care who hears me say it.
2: So, um, I was always going to be interested in this movie. Why? Well, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if it's top five or ten. Okay. But on my list of, you know, Frasier obsessions, mm. the Universal Monsters are actually up there. (laughs) That's why you're such a big Mummy fan? Listen, I mean, if the readers... I don't know how you could be listening to this podcast and not know this, but just in case you don't, The Mummy is without irony. Probably my favorite movie of all time.
3: You've written about it on the site before.
2: We're talking Brendan Fraser. Oh, and I I agree. The movies are fire. At least the first first two. two. Yeah, the first two. The second one's great, but the first one is like legit... No, that's like my a favorite. perfect movie. That's two. If you were asking me to name like objectively the best movies, obviously you know I wouldn't put it ahead of like Goodfellas, I, I would hope, and Godfather, whatever. Th- there's some holes in in that in that take. If you were favorite movies, yeah, Mummy's right up there with like fucking Chinatown
3: and, and Rush Hour Two. No, no,
2: no. Wait, so I'm I'm the only one out here throwing Rush Hour Two back to back. Rush Hour Two was a. Um, this will always be a special movie to me because that's a, a middle school classic. That was like a field trip bus. You went once to that you, for school? No, but once you had the buses with the DVD players on oh, them. Oh, facts, facts, yeah. That movie was always on.
3: Wait, wait, where the hell were you going where you guys were taking a trip on a bus?
2: Dude, every every year middle school in Montclair, Uh. if you read, this is some peak nerd shit. Okay, this sounds about right. Because I know you weren't going to like... A lacrosse geek. It was nerd shit, but it was fire, like, to the point where, like, even people, like, that weren't nerds would still cheat to make sure they got on the the trip. Where? Because if you read, like, a certain amount of books or some shit and didn't—I don't know wait, if you had to do a report on each one. Uh, it couldn't have been a report because it was, like, 25 books. It's a lot of fucking but books. But if you read, like, a lot of books, you would go on, like, a crate, like, to—what's to, to bought, what's the old colonial— Uh, Bush Gardens? No, in, in New England. Oh, I don't fucking you know. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know. We want to—but, uh, like, Boston— um virginia A whole trip most like a weekend or like multiple day trip and you would put rush hour two on on the bus rush hour two and like fast and furious were big lit were big field trip (laughs) movies back then i respect it anyway though but uh so shout out to the mummy but even going from that like um we were talking after we left the invisible man screening Mm -hmm. that you and i saw uh hollow man
3: Yes, love that film.
2: And I have distinct memories of watching it before we moved to New Jersey. Wow. So I knew I had to be young, and then I looked it up now just because we were talking about it. Mm. And we came out in 2000. Yeah. Which, <laughs> shout out to my parents for, for, you know, never playing me. For, on my interest, but it, I must have been nine or ten years old. A whole child. My parents let me watch fucking Hollow Man. Isn't it like a low-key rape or something? Dude, I mean, it's directed by Paul Verhoeven, you know, yeah. the guy a Basic Instinct for all those type of fucked up movies. <laughs> I... Yeah, Those mar- I definitely peeped that when it came out. You, I mean,
3: Universal had a thing, and they were trying to make a thing, you know, with uh, all these interconnected universes. It made sense for them to try and say, look, we're going to get the fucking mummy. We're getting the Invisible Man. Everybody's going to link up somehow.
2: Well, for people who don't know, I think like maybe like the, the casual moviegoer, they just kind of think about D.C., when yes. I think about studios who are trying to ape Marvel's success. Mm-hmm. But after the Avengers, you know, I don't know if people remember this. Like, every studio was obsessed with making universes yeah. a thing. Because now it was a proven thing.
3: There was supposed to be a Hanna-Barbera universe in the movies at some That's point. That's fucking wild. Like, it just sounds crazy.
2: Fun Flintstones and Scooby-Doo. Facts. crossover. Big facts. Anyway. So, Universal's plan to bet on that was with all the monsters. Mm. And there was like a Dracula movie, right? Yes. With, with Luke Evans. Mm-hmm. Then they did the Tom Cruise movie. The mummy. With The Mummy, yes. which I did not see. Because A, Tom Cruise and The Mummy are two special things in my heart that I just couldn't bear to see fail. Facts. That's a good so point. So spectacular. It's a great point. Uh, and that, that was that. But <laughs> it led to like, I don't know, if, do you remember the photo? So they made this whole big push. For the dark universe. Tom Cruise's movie actually came out, but they cast Johnny Depp to be the, the Invisible Man. They mm-hmm. cast... Uh, 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 Javier Bardem To Mm -hmm. be Frankenstein They had Big directors attached Like uh, Bill Condon Was gonna do A Bride of Frankenstein movie There was all types Of like crazy talent And and plans and shit And then The um, Dracula didn't get Good reviews And they kinda like Were fronting like Hey maybe that just Wasn't part of it Yeah And then the mummy Got worse reviews Mm. And it all fell apart
3: Yeah I think that also Didn't do as well At
2: the box office Or what have you But Russell Crowe Was like Dr. Jekyll yeah, and I think he's. I guess he's in the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, they started the so yeah. but it just it, it fell apart. Did not take off. Yeah. But I w- I wish it would because I'm 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 even more hyped for like when they come together, like the Scooby yeah, Doo no, episode. A hundred percent. At some point, if it's interconnected, or uh, Van Helsing. Yes. Yes. You met my uncle at the screening, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Finally. So, you know, and uh, shout out to my uncle Curtis. He's definitely going to be on this at some point because me and that guy have been talking about movies since i was sentient word and he um (laughs) he's probably the one that showed you hollow man probably but he can (laughs) articulate he articulates his points so well and gets very loud and hilarious when You disagree with him but one of the things we always famously disagreed on was van helsing because uh i must have been like 13 when that came out and i was so hype off the idea word and i just like tried to act for so long like that movie's like good that movie was no like, <laughs> <laughs> no nah, nah, watch watch like, lit. i might have dragged him to see it I, I can't remember he probably did he's probably pissed off to this day there's that there was then i don't know if you remember this this i don't know there's probably not even any date on this but there was gonna be this was definitely at least early aughts though okay. there's gonna be a show called transylvania that would have been like a you know shared universe type of thing that's crazy Kind of like Van, what Van Helsing was trying to get at? Yeah, with all those dudes in one thing. I mean, that would have been. It would have been. It sounds too much like a Gotham situation. Yeah, or like what was that? Like that cheesy ABC show that was the Uh, fairy tale world. Was it Once Once Upon a Once Upon a Time or something like that? So it's like that where you could just have all of that stuffed in one under one umbrella.
3: They even did that with uh, Emerald City on NBC. It was like a
2: reimagining
3: of uh, of the Wizard of Oz or whatever.
2: I guess the best attempt. To get all of these elements in one thing was probably Penny Dreadful. Yeah,
3: which blew right by me. That's a good show. You should go back to it. I, yeah. I mean, maybe at some point, but I will say their failure probably turned into, you know, at least an inspired outing with The Invisible Man.
2: Right. So, I mean, after all that, they kind of had a DC moment where they're like, all right, the universe thing is just not going to work for us. Yes. Let's just... Let some filmmakers tackle these guys.
3: Oh, and, they, and they've got the homie Jason Blum from Blumhouse.
2: Right. He's on speed, though. They brought him in a revamp. It makes sense. It does. It makes sense. And, I mean, we say that to say, what did I say when we first came out? Of it? That this is their, the Invisible Man out this weekend is kind of like their version of Joker. Facts. You know, like a standalone, completely disconnected, and like a super serious take.
3: Yeah, with, with a bad guy just...
2: Running roughshod when he needs to. Super realistic
3: take. Yeah, I I think that was the one thing we were going into was kinda like, is this gonna be more mystical? But it's straight up science.
2: Um I liked what they did with it, just in terms of concept, but I think, you know, it's kinda like the Joker effect where it's like because of that concept and and taking it so seriously, the movie kinda has to take itself very seriously.
3: Yeah. Which, I mean, it does. I don't think it it does. I don't think it lets you feel like it's camp or anything
2: like that. No, not at all. But it's almost like it does kind of make me
3: wish for like the Hollow Man days. Facts. No, big facts. Um, We didn't get to talk to her, but Elizabeth Moss killed it. She put the film on her back. I mean, there's a lot of time where it's just, it's her having to react to Nothing. nothing. And it's not just like a noise in the room, like she's scrapping
2: with nothing yeah what's it like filming we get into this in the interview a little bit but isn't it gotta be weird to like film fighting a person that's not there
3: yeah I mean I've seen like there's been instances just by looking at how superhero movies are made where they'll like I remember seeing Colossus in Deadpool like you'd have a tall guy but then he, he and he'd be CGI but he'd have like a tennis ball on like a two-foot stick sitting on the top of his head. So you're knowing to look up at that if you want to look at his face. That shit's crazy. There were a lot of these scenes, I think they were just swinging at the air. Right. They're spraying shit at the air.
2: Yeah, I was struck by just how, like, super, super realistic and grounded they tried to make it. Yeah. Almost to a point where they don't really get into any, like... You know, one of the things we were talking about is, like, invisibility usually opens up a a realm to, like, have a lot of fun with it. But just, like, a... Abusive guy in a house.
3: Facts. It's it's literally just a guy no one else can see stalking the shit out of you.
2: Also, like, what a wild plan. <laughs> this comes out before the movie comes out, so we won't get into, like, granular yeah, details of it. like, if, you, if you've seen the trailer, you get the gist. Yeah, yeah. Like, a very sick scheme. Yeah, No, real sick and twisted. How- a lot of time on his hands. Who even thought of that? How is that your exit
3: strategy? Like, damn, if this shit goes down, <laughs> y'all can't see me no more. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I don't... That's rich people problem. She'll never leave me again. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, but yeah, we got to see the film. Again, we we hosted a film, shouts out. Uh Universe. We were at the Crosby. Some, Indeed. Some some tastemakers, some some influencers.
2: Actors and movie studios love the Crosby.
3: Well, I like the Crosby a little bit more because we got a dope interview out of it.
2: Big facts. And um it proved that this movie's kind of like a crowd pleaser too. Right? Yeah, that that's I told myself le- a year or so ago,
3: if I would go to a movie and see, go to a screening with critics, I needed to go to see it with people in a regular movie theater. The civilians. The civilians. I, I hate saying it, but like it's the most accurate way to put it. Well, to get like the real gauge on it. Yeah, because like, there's movies like Superfly, where people are panning it, da-da-da-da, but I can't imagine that a theater is just sitting there quiet when this... Bitcoin pimp starts fighting a cop. Like that's the climax. Like people must have been going ape shit, but I'm sitting in my couch like, "Damn, this is pretty cool." So like I I want to get those re- Regardless if we like it or don't cuz remember we went to see It Chapter 2. Oh my god. And it was a mix and there were people yelling at the screen and it was not fun. Arguably
2: the worst movie of 2019. Damn, really? Yeah. But what's crazy about this is that so the critic screening or A critic screening that we attended for Invisible Man was like pretty serious.
3: I thought I was going to embarrass you because I kept being like, oh shit, <laughs> goddamn. But everybody's pin drop quiet in that motherfucker. <laughs> they got me
2: with a few jumps in that motherfucker too. Yeah, it was that, shouts like, out that Dolby Atmos. Listen, it, you know, and I thought because the movie is committed to taking the domestic abuse angle so seriously, I was like, damn, this is going to be like a rough watch for niggas. But I guess, you know,
3: people have fun.
2: They have some wine at the reception before it got, it got <laughs> turned up. a
3: couple glasses <laughs> in. A good redemption story. Um, if you if you like this film, or if you just like seeing people go crazy, I would say go see Upgrade. It dropped like really quietly, in eighteen maybe. Yeah, it was eighteen or nineteen. It, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, Lee wanted. He also he wrote on Saw. Um, I think he did a couple of other things, but like Upgrade's the last big thing that I remember him doing. That was a lot of fun. Um, this is not fun. This movie. I don't. If there's laughter in this movie, I don't know
2: where it is. It definitely feels a lot more uh, serious. I mean, it, depending on the theater, man, you might have to go to like the Regal Court Street. You might need uh, to I don't go know, to, for you Brooklynites or to a Magic Johnson Theater. Yeah, somewhere. The, that's the infamous like rowdy theater. You you need you need to go with that
3: the drunk like eight o'clock screening on like a Friday or Saturday. I'm with it. Well,
2: the, the talking at the screen level. <laughs> Next time we'll have to go when this when when this is out we'll have to go and see it. I did have talking at the screen moments at this though. You did? No, well, I didn't actually say anything because oh. I have fucking restraint. <laughs> but so you say? I, uh, so I'm the I'm the asshole who's talking at the screen. No, I just mean like there are moments and it's like where it's like, come on, man. Yeah, what are you doing, Elizabeth? <laughs> why are you? Why would you go up there,
3: Miss Miss Moss? <laughs> step back, please. Jesus, why
2: would you do that? Because she knew. And then you know that he's going to do this. Facts. I was getting fed up a little bit. I can understand. But that that's part of the... The, the... frustration of the genius, diabolical, <laughs> invisible man. <laughs> that's why you go to movies, though. There are also... And this... I wish we could talk spoilers right now, though because uh-huh. there were two moments and you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Where right before they happened, you I was it. like I was just like man wouldn't it be crazy <laughs> if like in my head you know there's the storm reed scene. Yes. And then there is the uh the the restaurant.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: And I was like damn imagine if and then I was like, oh shit the, the, that right, that they went really down. Went there. Lee Lee had you covered. Now I got to go rewatch Hollow Man.
3: Yes. That if if we if we should start giving people homework.
2: Yeah. Homeward. watch hollow man and get in the comments facts let us know favorite Read parts. Our mailbag next episode
3: fine well i don't know where you could find that shit but find it all right so sit back kick your feet up listen to us break down the invisible man with aldous hodge and storm reed after this quick break What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? How y- are y'all good after this film? Yeah, they look a little. Short. Jumping, right? I heard you. I heard. You. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, thank you guys for sticking around. Really appreciate that. Again, this is Fraser and Cal. Watch less. We're actually recording a podcast. Again, we told you we had some special guests um, from this film that you guys saw. Again, let the people know. Take some pictures. Get your hashtag on on social media. Really appreciate that. But don't tell him what the hell you just saw. That's <laughs> fucked up. Um, I mean, I don't want to get to I don't want to be too long with it about it, but, uh, you know, we have two stars from this film. One you've seen on everything from City on the Hill and Showtime to episode of Black Mirror. He's, he's done all types of stuff. And his co-star, Wrinkle in Time, Euphoria, she's doing everything right now, something like, um, something, like something like, right? Um, please welcome Storm Reed and Aldous Hodge to the stage. What's up, people? Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. What's how you, happening?
2: How you guys doing?
1: Good. Hey, we good. We good. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah, man.
2: So let's just jump right into it. Um, when, you, when you see actors film horror movies sometimes, they talk about the set being a little creepy mm-hmm. and taking that mood home with them. How long did it take you guys to kind of shake that paranoia? <laughs> like, were you looking over your shoulder a couple of days after set? I don't know. Well, hold on. First, real quick. Y'all good?
3: (laughs) I had had to make sure they were good before they came out.
1: Y'all feeling it? It was all right. Uh Black people lived. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. no,
3: clap up for that because we don't want to see black people making out of these films.
1: Yeah. um, Nah, you know, it was crazy for me. I don't know. I I didn't really feel like the the, the creep factor because we knew what was all, you know, what was all the the So. We were in it, man. We were living in it. The thing that was cool was thinking about how creeped out other people might be just because of what we knew
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, how they were shooting it. And, you know, Lee, uh, our director, has a fantastic mind for drawing out suspense, mm-hmm. which then I think really creates horror. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's more to it, there's an art to it. And I think he has a really nice uh, skill for that. So Word. it was just cool anticipating what people were going to feel. Yeah. Right. well I
3: mean you mentioned drawing out suspense I feel like uh, when we saw it we I, I don't know what it was like for you guys but the sound in the film especially for a film where you can't see somebody it, it, it goes crazy mm-hmm. um yeah. we saw an Adobe Atmos and I think hearing like the the dog bowl getting kicked over yeah. in the beginning he jumped. <laughs> <laughs> the dog all got me. This, this <laughs> man, Fraser's a jumper. I, but like, and I don't really y'all, scare y'all like that in films. Tickets, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying it's like, you know, it, you, you consume a lot of these films, but it's good to see uh, those elements being able to scare you, not just yeah. a regular, you know, turn around the corner. Um, what was it about the film? What, what, what did sound, you know, because you guys have both seen it, so was sound a big element for you? What were the things that made you guys jump or made you guys, you know, get mm-hmm. taken aback while, while watching back what you guys did? I don't know.
0: I mean, mm. I wasn't scared watching it. Talk
3: about it because, you know,
0: no, but I knew what was happening. So yes. even though I didn't get to see the entire film get shot, mm. I knew what was coming up next. So I think I just found enjoyment or like found joy in watching other people get scared. Wow. I mean, there were a few times where I was like, oh, okay, this is real. Um, I'm a little scared, but I still know what's happening. So I think I had an advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a scary film. Yeah. Yeah. I understand why people would be scared. Like you said, you can't see anything. The sound is crazy. She's in distress. We're in distress. It's a lot.
2: Now, are you guys going to go lurk in real movie theaters when it comes out and watch other audiences react to it? Mm.
0: That is
1: actually probably the most fun that you can right. have as an actor
0: exactly yeah
1: just sitting in the back uh it only sucks when people are like he's terrible cool, cool. but uh that is pretty fun because mm-hmm. you know you're just sitting there and you know when they're gonna jump you know when they're gonna pop
0: and you're mm-hmm. just waiting
1: for it mm-hmm. and then again you kind of feel bad if you're sitting you know next to a, you know somebody about 98 years old.
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs> Ooh,
1: and you're yeah, like, mm, do I didn't know this ain't for you, mama. This, this, this <laughs> is not for you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, why you are supporting you here?
1: But it's, uh, it's terribly fun, man, just to see people really live in it, enjoy it, experience. Because, I mean, you know, we spent, what, three months on this? Mm-hmm. Just filming. And then, of course, you would do everything afterwards, uh, the ADR, the sound mix and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, you put so much into it, and at the end of the day, you just really hope that people receive it and feel it. And so far, uh, you know, what we've been understanding from the screenings and things that people really are enjoying this film mm-hmm. having fun with it. Right. You know, the comments are crazy. People going home scared to turn off the lights. Grown right. folks. I'm like,
3: all yeah. right, did our job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it just it's one of those films where you don't want to walk into a room where you don't see anything because you don't know who the hell's there at this point. You know, yeah. Um talking about a film where a lot of it is. I met mean, just a lot of green screen elements, but there's also you guys just acting nothing. Mm. Talk about some of the difficulties in bringing some of those those scenes to life.
0: It's it's challenging um, because you're either in two scenarios one where you said you're you have nothing to work off of and you're by yourself and it's just you and the camera or you're in a scene and there's a person wearing a green suit which can be distracting. Um, Thankfully I didn't have that scenario with I when I did my scene with the Invisible Man, mm. uh, I was working alone, which was really hard because I had to be super physical and mm-hmm. also super emotional. But I feel like it challenged me as an actress because I had to imagine the unimaginable. Um, and then I just had to play off of my own emotions and how Storm would feel being tortured mm. by somebody she can't see. What? Then you're gonna be scared automatically,
1: yeah. Like that last uh sequence where, uh, in the hallway. He knocks you, uh, knocks the wind out of you, yeah. you fall back. Ooh, that was a tough day physically.
0: It was. Uh, I mean,
1: when I saw that scene, I was like, mm, memories, flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all the bruises.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, we were both fighting ourselves mm-hmm. on that day. That's and, crazy.
2: Um, How long did it take to shoot?
1: That was just several days.
0: Yeah, a long time. Yeah,
1: just so just that
2: main sequence at the end. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Took they,
1: they took their time covering that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we ain't got it yet. We got about 15 cameras. You want me? I got to throw myself on the floor. One more again. You <laughs> got
0: you. Um,
1: it is it is physically taxing, but it also, you know, to, to Storm's point, it. Heightened your awareness uh, of yourself as an actor because now you have to do so much more work in terms of believability, in terms right. of actually playing out the imagination of the scene, the scene. And it is quite a bit of fun, but you you, you better stretch before you get to
2: it. <laughs> there, <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, how did you guys land on this one in the first place?
0: Uh, mm. My uh, team sent the script to me and I read it in my kitchen and I fell in love with it automatically because I realized that It wasn't only a genre piece. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the intersection of a a thriller and a horror and a sci-fi piece, but it was also a a piece talking about things that people are going through in the real world. And Mm -hmm. I tried to be very intentional with the projects I choose to be a part of. And I want them to be purposeful and I want them to be impactful. So I think that... The Invisible Man had it all, and I was really thankful for that because I knew that it was going to be scary because this is what Lee does, like you said. But mm-hmm. also, people would be impacted by it, and right. that's important to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I think it uh, started off with a like a phone call, actually a Facetime meeting between Lee and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know we just started talking, vibing. I'd read the script, thought it was pretty cool. I really wanted to understand his vision and where he was going with it and what the intent was. Mm -hmm. Once he explained all that and it sort of matched up to what I initially assumed, I was like, okay, you know, fantastic because also I was looking for a project to be a part of that was going to be fun. I have never done this genre before, so it was pretty cool Mm -hmm. to hopefully see if I'm halfway decent (laughs) at it, Uh, but it's also, it presented a, a challenge, you know, for me because, You know, this is, um, horror is not, it's almost like like to me, you know, comedy. To me, drama is about the easiest Mm -hmm. because it's the most relatable. It's something that we deal with on a regular basis that we are more familiar with. Comedy is tone, horror is tone. Mm -hmm. You know, so the challenge of hopefully getting that right was, was really enticing. And then also, again, like, you know, to Storm's point that there was this great, you know, visage of entertainment wrapped around a message, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think that, you know, there could be a double whammy here. So yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes.
2: Now you guys talked about intent and message. Talk a little bit more about that and this decision to put like, this is essentially a classic movie monster, mm-hmm. but it's in a very contemporary context yeah. and talking about very real issues. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I-, I think it was important f- if we were going to do this, uh, that it needed, we weren't trying to alter the invisible man and the idea of the invisible man in any way. I think we were just trying to reimagine it and the way that Lee and the creative team, and, and we did that was having a woman at the center of it who was struggling and, and, and she, was weak, but she also knew that she was strong. Um, And that goes to the point of it being very relatable. Uh, But I think it needed to, in order for it to work, in in order for people to love it and and love it as much as they loved the previous ones, um, it needed to be scary, but it also needed to be grounded and contemporary and real and and feel relatable. Because I feel like today's world, or most of today's world, tries to shy away from things that are not one representative of how the real world operates um, and then something that doesn't depict them and I feel like Mm -hmm. even though you may have not gone through the situations that Cecilia had gone through in the movie you might know somebody that has Uh or is going through so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to not be one-sided when doing projects and even consuming projects, and I feel like Lee did a great job at that.
1: Yeah. Mike, drop. There oh. you
3: go. What, no. I mean, you, you, you talk about reimagining uh, the the <laughs> classic monster for today. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of research that you both did into the classic character, or was it more just diving into what was in the script that you were given?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty bad about that. I just <laughs> dive right in. I uh, I found myself often. Not <clears throat> if I'm if I'm doing a, a like a biopic or something like that, I'll mm-hmm. dig into the real life of somebody just to bring out the mannerisms, bring out the 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 true essence of who that person is or was. But when it comes to a, an imagined story mm-hmm. like we're playing here, I like to play the honesty of it and not have that influenced by what was done prior. Right. Because now, even though we are taking on a familiar. Uh, uh, maybe a uh, topic or idea in terms of the whole monster history we're still doing it our way mm-hmm. and in order to fully do it and, and, and to allow the fruition of our efforts to to really mature I think that uh, for me it's best to just go at it with everything that we're bringing to it without the influence of what was done in, in, in the past. True mm-hmm. yeah. indeed.
2: So what was it like working with the great Elizabeth Moss? Mm-hmm.
0: She's great.
1: Oh, she's fire. Yeah, yeah. She did a great job too. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean,
1: yeah. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of mental stress staying in that mindset, right? You know, running around, but right. but she gave it to us. I mean, every single scene she was on, twenty four seven, and mm-hmm. she was, uh, you know, she she's a, a fantastic castmate, mm-hmm. uh, a consummate professional.
2: Um,
0: she has the best sense of humor. Absolutely, really, she's such a yeah. jokester. Even yeah. in between yeah. takes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I found it funny because. To your, like, one of your first questions is, like, was it a tense set? Mm. And I feel like we created such a bond yeah. and we were so comfortable around each other. When Lee called cut, we were able to go back into our reality and have fun. So yeah. hey. she has the best sense of humor.
1: She does. I mean, we were having fun, man. And Lee also has a, a fantastic sense of humor. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, just with the whole mix of everybody working in, you know, we all knew what we came there for. Everybody was on the same page with the same team. Um, Elizabeth was definitely not a diva. Which mm-hmm. was quite refreshing. She mm-hmm. she had a lot of input. She was very uh, supportive in terms of our characters having our time and being full. Mm-hmm. And you know, I felt like we had a fantastic leader in her in terms of of where we went and, and, and the journey we took. So uh, she's she's really like a plus.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always, I mean, we talk a lot about horror on mm-hmm. the podcast. You know, being in a horror film. Are you guys fans of the horror genre? If so, do you have any favorites or, you know, is that something you're totally on the, the side of? Because you said, you know, it's your first horror film, like,
1: you know, were, were you looking to do horror? Uh, <laughs> I may have lied. Uh, I, I, I think I, I did a really terrible, not not great, sort of scary film years, years ago. Don't look it up. Okay. Um, I forgot about Put that. Put your phones down, y'all. Put your phones down. Uh, this is the first good one that I did. Talk about it. <laughs> Technically, second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know what, man? I grew up like, I grew up on on, on the Chuckies, I grew up on the Jasons, on the Freddy Krueger's. Mm -hmm. I think I was most afraid of Freddy Krueger. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, And then, like, but that was as a kid, and then I got older and I realized, like, Jason walks hella slow. Why is he catching everybody? (laughs) I don't understand. Like my man is not, you know, he's not. He's never out of breath. He was sitting there booking it, hundred miles an hour. Jason's like <laughs> taking his
3: own taking time. His time. Oh, see right. you when I
2: see you, boop. here I am. So when you sign on to the Didn't Jason reboot, that's gonna be your first note. First note. Um, <laughs> but
1: I definitely was a, a fan of the Saw series because uh, yeah. I sort of like the. The, the I, I thought they had a really funny uh, fun take on the idea Mm -hmm. of horror because it's like a a new a new kind of style and then also I mean I gotta throw love to the purge series just because my brother Edwin Hodge was in talk Mm. about it so yeah I'm gonna be biased (laughs) (laughs) -biased. uh
0: for me I mean I'm still young but when I was younger I didn't like scary movies I was of course terrified by them um and now I'm starting to grow a love for them because I like did this and then I did like a psychological thriller slash horror movie, uh, another Blumhouse film, yes. mm-hmm. Don't Let Go with David Oyelowo, which mm-hmm. was really cool. You love yeah. working with Blumhouse. Yeah. You went
3: Slight as well. Yes, yeah, 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 Slight.
0: And then mm-hmm. I did a, a movie a long, long time ago, a short film called The Spirit Game, and oh. that was real scary. Mm-hmm. So I, I do enjoy them. Um it's like a
1: horror veteran.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm saying, ready. I was well, that's the thing,
3: because you get like one really good scream off in this. Like, right. Was there a lot of practice with that? Were you, were you in the no, mirror screaming? No, I have,
0: like, not to, like, to my own horn, <laughs> but I got a really good scream. Okay. So mm-hmm. I just, like, I, I bring that when I need to scream. I can scream and yeah, it's real fine. good, okay.
3: So.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> you <know. laughs> so. You know. You just toot
0: it, you Okay. Subtle flex.
3: Subtle right. flex. <laughs> Our fans are big fans of your show, Euphoria. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Season two, it's on the way at some point. Um, Uh Can you give it, like there's pictures hitting the web. Nobody knows if there's production. You're here, so obviously Mm -hmm. you're not working yet. Mm -hmm. But can you give us any insight? (laughs) Maybe she took a break. I mean, Trying to get this girl soup. I'm I'm just just trying to get some news. You know, Uh what what we got to do. No, but I mean, I I did see something where you said you were trying to get, you know, some singular source for your character Mm -hmm. in season two. Can you talk a little bit about...
0: Anything? Yes, it's coming soon. We start filming very soon. Okay,
2: awesome.
0: Um, but I have our creator, director, writer Sam. We love him; he's great. Mm. But he's super secretive, and it, like he keeps everything very close. Until, See, even,
3: even to you guys. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, of
0: course, he's let out a little bit of information. And Z and Hunter have the most information, of course. Mm. Um, but. They just keep on telling me season two will be like season one on crack. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know what that's supposed to yeah, mean. Yeah, because season one was
2: on something. That, <laughs> that reference <laughs> to that show, especially, <laughs> right, it's different. That's right. crazy. Yes,
0: but um, I am very excited. They have told me that Gia is... Becoming her own person, and she's developing and she's getting her own storyline and her own episode, uh, episode. So, I think it's important because I feel like they did an amazing job of keeping me on the kind of the back burner a little bit and depicting how people who struggle with addiction, how their family members are affected. But Gia is growing up and she is becoming her own person in a sense. So, she is going to start making her own decisions, and I'm glad people will be able to see that.
3: 100%. That's awesome. 100%. That's awesome.
0: And all this, you. you
2: have your own season two coming up, City on a Hill. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Opposite yes. the great Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. We're actually shooting. I was shooting today.
0: Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. Is.
1: I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with you. There you go. Right. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, you guys, you out here doing other stuff. <clears throat> Suicide Squad too. Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> we weren't even saying. gonna ask about that. You're we figured out. Right. Thank yeah, you for know, real. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. She out yeah, here we killing. It. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she out yeah, here doing stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we are shooting uh, season two right now, and so far it's going well. I mean, you know, uh, my character and Kevin's character, uh, DeCoursy and Jackie, they kind of have a love-hate relationship. And yeah. This season, um, if I can say anything, I'd say it's more of a hate-hate relationship. Really? <laughs> oh, they're really? going at it.
3: That intensity. There was yeah. y'all had some really yeah. good scenes in there too. Dickens just going back bringing and forth. it on the show. Oh no,
1: he's killing it. Uh, he's actually directing his first uh, the the first episode of this season. He directed. Oh, oh, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, man, that's I'm awesome. I'm pretty sure that's all I can say before I get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Damn. Well, I mean, I think that's it. You know, guys, thank you for coming through. Really man. appreciate it. Thank thank it so much. You. Thank y'all you all for coming guys. out. Thank, thank you. Invisible Man in Theatre is February twenty eighth. Yes, Hashtag the Invisible Man movie. Let the people know you saw it, but again, don't tell them
2: shit.
0: Right. Don't no spoilers. Facts. Cause we're gonna know
2: who said it. Right. You, you never know. Your local theater, you never know if Storm this might be in the back. Maybe. I might be sitting right next to you. Facts, facts. No. Right. Thank you. Awesome.
3: Thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you guys. Great. Thank you. Guys. Man, we did that shit. Shout I to, always say it, but we we did that shit. Shouts out to Aldous and Storm. It was fun. All this was energy on twelve.
2: Yeah, <laughs> all this was in his bag, um, sartorially. Yeah, and performatively. Facts. For the, you know. Facts. He showed up. Uh, there was one moment. You know, when we do these in person, I was kind of. First, you probably always have a little bit less time than you would in studio. Yeah. And you just kinda want to keep it moving along and not diverge into tangents the way we would in here sometimes. But mm. there was a moment when he he brought up how this is his second um horror movie and he did one that he wasn't that proud of Yeah, being involved with. But I almost said I almost threw out Supernatural out there. Because nah, that was the first time I've ever seen him. You should have. I don't know, right? Um He he seemed like he would have been in a vibe where he would have appreciated it. This was that. like it's like I don't. Supernatural's like on season 15 15 right now. Yeah. This might have been like season two. So he was early. He was like a like a two episode bad guy. Got you. Or something. Why the black
3: man got to be the bad guy?
2: Listen, or he was like a like a demon kid that went bad or something like that.
3: And he probably would have been a whole child. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, no, he was, no. He was he was like he was young. I think he was like like early twenties or something. Would he
3: he would have been playing younger. Or he would have been
2: playing his age. Because I don't know anything about Supernatural to know. No, let's call it like he was playing like a 20s character. Gotcha. I think he was like a vet.
3: Interesting. Yeah.
2: I'll never watch. You should. You should fuck with Supernatural. Supernatural? You should. For the first five seasons, it's a great show. Jesus Christ. How many episodes? 20-some episodes? Per season? Yeah. Yeah, I think they just celebrated a 300th last year.
3: Roughly 100 episodes no a 300th no i'm saying no, oh, the first oh. five seasons
2: yeah Jesus. Christ. two at least two of those seasons are like A plus television what a uh what a commitment then i made it i made it to like 10 maybe and i was just like i can't do this anymore but you're gonna try and finish it out right? so i'm gonna do something which i almost never do but because i fucked with the show so heavy and my youth <laughs> i am gonna just skip ahead to it usually i'm i'm a masochist because I'm OCD.
3: the whole completist.
2: Yeah, I'm like, I can't. If yeah. I'm going to fuck with it, I can't skip anything. Gotcha. Like, you, you ever have people recommend a show to you? And, and they go, like, oh just start here? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I got to start from episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I will watch the last season of Supernatural. Maybe all the, shits and giggles.
3: Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe he's too busy. I mean, City on a Hill season two is coming. He's getting that work. He was literally filming and just got it. Because I think. He should have brought Kevin Bacon to the screening. Ke- he, if kevin bacon i he, we could have got him on the list it would
2: not have been that difficult kevin bacon and kira sedgwick local new yorkers Do we, pull we need, up we need them on the pod dude you don't even want to know about me and kira sedgwick the closer hard body <laughs> i would just have to run down all of my hard
3: ke- body as long as we could talk about shit like stir of echoes what the fuck is that you never saw stir of echoes
2: i'm slacking Christ. We'll get to that segment later.
3: We'll we'll have to infuse uh we'll have to get a, a cube for Fras- watch Fras- list. Jesus Christ. Um but yeah, shout again, as always, shouts out to them. Uh Invisible Man in Theaters this
2: Friday. Universal baby. Yeah. Uh what do we think is the next tech for this their monster thing now? Is it gonna be like a like a Wolfman movie about male rage? <laughs> it'll be, it'll come out around the election. <laughs> like Dracula and Addiction. It'll be you know, set. It'll be set in Charlottesville. There's all types of types of different paths they could diverge down.
3: I I guess the only question is because it is universal, are they going to have to keep hollering at Jason Blum? He's got that development deal with him. He's like he, and, but he seems like he's that quick shooter. Just
2: like, oh, you need something to happen. Bet here's the team. Get it done, and they come out solid. I mean, I think they should just take the DC approach now. Just. Farm it out to the whoever seems most passionate about it and who, who will honor, you know, adapting it in a, a good contemporary way. I wonder if this means, though, like, if they're going to
3: keep, like, we just saw an invisible man in, like, five years. Will we see? Because was, there was supposed to be an invisible woman. Elizabeth Banks says she's making one still. With Universal. I guess. It's going to be interesting. As long as they're just, like, dope homages to the classic villains, yeah, I think it's not? fine and we can just leave the mummy alone. <laughs> yeah don't t- you already had two perfect mummy films you're well perfect. Do you fuck with the
2: Scorpion King? I appreciate it. You don't fuck with it though. No. The Rock's first like starring role. Well his first, it was Mummy Returns and then but, Scorpion King's his first, you know. But let's be for real. I fuck with him in the Mummy Returns.
3: The Ro- The Rock did more CGI in the Mummy Returns than actual IRL acting. Yes for sure.
2: But you know what? That, listen, that just goes to show you how prescient that Mummy team was. They tried to get the shared universe popping back then before it was a thing. <laughs> they made The Rock a thing. Yeah, he blew up. Listen, The Rock blew all the way up. He came back to WWE like a whole superstar. The Rock doesn't even remember the Scorpion King by now. Probably he might. He
3: might have a wild sort. Matter of fact, <laughs> The Rock. If you want to tell your Scorpion King stories, we got a seat right here in the podcast room. You, your, your jet pilot. Dwayne, pull up. Pull up to the pod. Thanks again for listening this week. As always, shouts out to the people who holler at us about the content. We really appreciate y'all. Um, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts every Wednesday. Um, get in a conversation. We're at, at Complex Pop on IG and Twitter. Uh, that's about it. We got more fire shit coming for you, though. For Fraser, I'm Cal. Advising you as always to tune in watch less and for watch less our producer is taliba newman our sound engineer is craig clayton mixing done by jasmine Plata. our editor-in-chief is damian scott our director of operations is jen stewart watch less is a production of the complex podcast network